Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hello folks and welcome to yet another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com. We share tried and tested and proven ideas that will make you a sales success. We are here in the saleschatshow.com studio, Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jessen and I am Simon Hazeldean. And in this episode, we are looking at what makes a good sales proposal. But before we look at what makes a good sales proposal, gentlemen, let's make sure we know what a bad one looks like. So what are some of the worst examples of sales proposals? Oh, I thought we were going to have a look at one of yours. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. Here's one I made earlier. Thank Um, you very much. Sit back in your chair. I'll plug it in. So, uh, what's... I'll start then, seeing as you two are completely off the... the My favourite one is the... I'm going to see a new client. I will take my previous sales proposal, file save as, save it as the new sales proposal, customise it 100% for the new client by putting their logo on the front cover. It's the same, the rest of it's identical. I've just put the logo on. And unfortunately for me, I've left the previous client's name embarrassingly in the footer or somewhere else in the document. Not quite as customised as we might think. Exactly. I think one of my um, pet hates, uh, coming from my observations of proposals that are not up to scratch, is that sadly uh, the salesperson just hasn't bothered. What they have bothered with is a lot of effort in the preparation and planning stage. They've done their research, they've qualified the prospect, they've been there twice, they've dragged a colleague off for a joint visit. And yet, when it comes to proposal stage, there's something about that, which for many salespeople, they don't bother doing it early enough. They do it at the weekend, days and days after that first visit. They can't remember who said what, and it all gets... (laughs) Very, very stereotypical and along the lines that you've just uh, outlined, Simon, and it becomes save as. And your sales proposal, sorry, your sales process is only as strong as its weakest yeah. link, isn't it, at the end of the day? So, so. One, of, one of my guidelines on this is if, if, if you are a salesperson doing two or three visits a day, then maybe come four o'clock, you should be somewhere with the car engine switched off. Yes. And you're getting the tailoring of any proposals spot on whilst you can still remember the words and phrases that that prospect has actually used. Yeah, because including their words and phrases and language is a very powerful Including their words and phrases, particularly if you put them in italics Mm. with quotation marks, they fly off the page. Yeah, good tip. Talking of words, though, the real problem with all this are the very word sales proposals. Because that implants in your mind that this is something that you are doing 
and that you are selling. So sales proposal is firmly embedded in your business, not in their business. Mm. So psychologically, this is something we are doing to them. So this is something we are doing to the customer. So calling it a sales proposal is the first bad mistake. You should never call them sales proposals because that means that you're already in the wrong psychological territory. You're clearly going to tell us what you call yours, Graham. Well, I don't call them anything. I just uh, write a document that is a consultation that I've been with them and this is my result of my consultation. It may be they don't buy anything from me. I call mine, but they usually do. I call mine draft action plans or draft yeah. discussion documents. Yeah. Version one, yeah. helping client to achieve better deal profitability, yeah. which is a benefit. Draft action plan version one. What am I talking about? Negotiation skills training. Mm. Yeah, but it's not negotiation training proposal. No. It is a helping client improve deal profitability draft action plan or draft discussion document. I think it shows a consultative, collaborative approach and seems to have gone down pretty well over yeah. the years with, 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 but with you, clients. You know, you send a client you know, an email with uh, you know, the subject, here is our sales proposal, mm. and then you know, it's lovely to see you the other day. Uh, please find attached PDF with our sales proposal. You've already told them that you are proposing to sell them something. Yeah, it's like the header is further to our discussion. You know, mm-hmm. dear, 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 Mr. Prospective customer, please find attached. Look forward to discussing this further. You and yeah. and getting and getting your feedback, which is just basically taking it to the next to the next stage. My, I think the thing I see the most often if we're doing sales pitching proposals, value proposition workshops and seminars, is the we 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 me 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 oh, school, yeah. which is where particularly in a competitive pitch, the first five or six slides are pretty identical from every single company who is presenting on the day, which is the reason probably 75% of salespeople think they're doing a good job of differentiating themselves, but the research shows that only 3% of customers think salespeople are doing a good job of differentiating, because it's all about slides one and two, is all about us, some awards we've won that you've never heard of or care oh, about. Okay. There we go again, Graham's going to say now. The, the ubiquitous map of the world showing all of your office locations, even if your client is only based in Canada, you insist on they only sell in Canada, you insist upon telling them about your expansion into the Asia-Pacific region, and, and ideally are some pictures of your founding fathers uh, or the people yeah. who founded the company. That always goes down well on slide four or five, I would recommend. Nothing wrong with that, by the way, as a story later, and you may want to listen to our episode on using selling stories, but not in the first three or four slides in the sales presentation. It should be about the client and about them. Just coming back to the proposal document or discussion mm. document or whatever we're going to call it, I think one of the things that should feature in a good proposal is a first page that restates the needs. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and a guideline, which we did actually cover once before, is that that page of restated needs should follow a you, we, I format. Yeah. You yeah. said this, you emphasised that, you indicated that, you stressed that, blah, blah, blah. We then talked about this, we agreed on this, I have therefore... It follows a you, we, I approach. And making an allowance for uh, the real world where our listeners may well be so tight on time they haven't got uh, enough space to Mm. tailor everything. I would argue that even in that situation, if you get the first 
couple of pages 100% tailored and the last couple of pages 100% tailored. You probably can drag and drop yes. some other stuff in the middle, but it's about getting the thing off to a, a flying start and finishing it properly. I mean, if you're solving a similar set of problems and challenges, maybe customers in a certain industry, you will have some generic examples of solutions yeah. and services that I think you can, you know, you can tailor a little bit sometimes. But I mean, I, I would absolutely go with Phil. My, my suggested process that I use quite a lot in a sales proposal structure is to put some background and context, just explaining the background to how we've come together, how we've met, where the client's organisation sits, our understanding of your needs, exactly to your point, here are the objectives you want to achieve, the outcomes you want to achieve, and then here's how we can help you to solve those problems, achieve those needs. Here's how we've helped other people to do the same, some testimonials and case studies and stories. Here's the investment it's going to cost you to unlock the, the, the benefit you're going to get. And I invariably now include an action or implementation plan showing all the steps from the start of the process all the way through to the end. When is it going to happen? Who's going to do it? Um, and, and that seems to have gone down very well with very well with customers. The action implementation plan can sometimes be a little laborious to do because it has to be quite detailed. But for for well qualified opportunities, it's an investment of time. I'm very happy to make because it gets a good sense of comfort from the client, and it it's quite a, assumptive in a certain way that we will be. Here's how we will be moving yeah. through together. Yeah. I've never yet had a pushback on. on I, I think one of the mistakes that people make is that when they write a proposal they use written English not spoken English yes yeah. they will write something that says dear Mr customer uh, reference my visit today I'm now writing as regards machine XYZ yes. you yeah. never ever say that in a pub they just wouldn't yeah. <laughs> um, it needs to be yeah. spoken English so that the customer or prospect can actually relate to that document as a piece of flesh and blood chemistry, yes. i.e. the person well, that, they met, met a couple of days before. That ties into your um, concern earlier when you said about you know salespeople not having enough time to do things and therefore that's why they do copy and paste and all of that because they think it's time saving. Actually, time saving is lots of other things. Yeah? So for example, using dictation rather than typing will save you a lot more time. Yeah? So various studies, we can speak much faster then we can type and your computer can translate your 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 speech into text much quicker than you can type it so actually if you know if your proposal is a thousand words you will say that thousand words and the the word document will be created faster than you ever type them yeah. and so uh, microsoft word already has dictation in it so mm. the new, latest version you can dictate there's things like drag and dictate there's various ways of just saying it and so that means they'll say it so they won't then say things like you know uh, proceeding in an orderly direction kind of writing, <laughs> yeah, they, they'll actually say it as they would say it, so yeah. the document will be better. So that will save them time. Yeah. But the other thing is, you said about you know personalizing the front and customizing the the back, and maybe dropping in some things in the middle. What people do to save time is just save as, and then try and remember which bits then to change. Yeah and then forget those bits and that's why you end up with the old company name yeah. halfway through. A much better way is not to save as but to use things like a modular system. Mm. So what you do is rather than saving the whole document what you've got is like snippets that you can use and there's lots of different services. There's a, a good new service that I've seen 
recently called Pilcro, P-I-L-C-R-O. And so what that means is you can store all these snippets, they can be stored on Google Drive or something like that, and you've got you know, a snippet which may be you know, some graphs and charts that you use, there may be a snippet of text. So rather than copying and saving the whole thing, the whole thing is customised, because mm -hmm. what you've done is just drag and drop the various snippets that makes the whole document customised. And actually that ends up being quicker than trying to save as and then remember which bits have got to be edited and make a mistakes. Yeah. And I, th I think um, I don't have the research in front of me at my fingertips, but I've certainly heard two or three very, very famous copywriters, you know, people like Ted Nicholas, etc., talking about the need to write to, to the level of a child when yep. you're writing it. So keep it very, very clear. Whatever, you know, we've all met some ferociously intelligent seven and eight-year-olds, and that's probably quite a scary thought anyway. But keep the language, keep the English simple, keep it, as Phil's saying, it's the spoken, not the written word. Just keep it very easy. If an 11-year-old can understand it, that's the right level. <clears throat> yeah, perfect. So, yep. so write as though you were, you were, you were selling it into an 11-year-old, which uh, good, luck, good luck with that one, because I'm sure they make quite challenging customers. <laughs> I think also right at the end of the proposal, um, I've often observed that they finish rather abruptly. Yes. Yeah. Often with half a page of white space. And then, of course, the sales executive has got the problem a week or so later, wondering how they're going to follow it up. And if they do follow it up, are they now hassling that prospect or customer? So I think it does make a lot of sense to finish the proposal with something that's upbeat and optimistic, maybe along the lines of, you know, we look forward to going ahead, blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, and demonstrating the value that we can add. But maybe it also needs to say, um, I'll phone you in three days' time to answer any questions that you may have. And answering any questions you may have is never going to be perceived as hassling somebody yeah, on the yeah. phone for yes. us. You're yeah, simply, nice, you're yes, simply nice fulfilling phrase. a commitment to answer any questions, matters arising, if you like, from the proposal. That's that would also help the gatekeeper as well, wouldn't it? Mm. Can I ask the reason for the call? Yes, I'm phoning up, following up on a proposal. Uh, I, I promised Mr. Well, Jess and I would phone back and see if he had any yeah. questions. We to agreed ask. this at our last meeting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, they, so, they, so you get. There's something else about sales proposals, if we must call, call mm. them that, <laughs> and that is that often what you find is that the slides at the meeting delivering the proposal are in fact just copies of the proposal. And a lot of people will write proposals in something like PowerPoint and then print the PDF from the slides and that's the proposal. And all you end up doing is you're reading out the proposal. Yeah. And that's really bad. So the presentation that you give and the proposal document should be entirely different things. And so the presentation really should be something where you motivate the people you're speaking with to go and read the proposal document. Mm, so it yeah. should be a motivational talk about you know, all the benefits they're going to get when they read this proposal. It shouldn't be just, you know, I'm now going to read the proposal out to you because yeah. they can read themselves. Yeah. And just on the subject of slides, that's reminding me that if you're a marketing person listening to this, uh, please don't present the sales team with a standard company presentation oh. where yeah. the 15 slides always have to go in the same order or yeah. in days of old sales presenter days you might say uh, the 15 pages were sealed in a binder and they yes no, if you're a marketing person listening to this please by all means produce 15 slides but allow the salespeople to shuffle that pack 
and decide to drop some or to put them in a slightly different order depending on the situation. I wouldn't produce the slides if I were marketing people because I did some work with a company in America a few years ago and they've got these various slide decks, you know, some of which were literally hundreds and hundreds of slides. And what happens is that that tells the salespeople, we discovered that the salespeople thought these were the slides they had to use. And even though the um, intranet they were on was saying, you know, these are raw material for you to adapt, because they're busy, they just take the slide deck and they deliver yeah. the slide deck. So actually, if you don't have a slide deck and they've got to create everything themselves, that's even better. Yeah, I've, I've had a salesman from a client, when I challenged him on his slides, his first six or seven slides, he said, those are mandatory. Those are mandatory. The company insists we use them. Even, believe it or not, for existing clients. Mm. <laughs> Which I was kind of going... What? He said, yeah, if we're doing a quarterly review or something, we, we always have to re-go through the slides about the company. And he said, I've been looking after this customer for five years. <laughs> and I said, what do you do? He said, if my boss isn't with me, I don't use them. No, well, exactly. And if my boss is with me, I just tell the customer, that, you know, would you mind awfully if we just sat through? And I'm thinking, please, this is just not helping. What on earth is There are creative ways around that, of course. Yeah, you can... <laughs> don't do the slides. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but then you could lose your job. So we don't want yeah. salespeople to lose no. their job or no. in be, be in breach of their contracts. Mm. Yeah, But does it say in your contract you have to present the slides or use the slides? Because if you have to use the slides, what you can do is print them out and hand out hand that out as a handout. Yeah, and of course, everybody will ignore it because they're just looking at the slides you're going to be showing. So you've done your job, you've used the slides. Does it say you have to use them at the beginning or can they be at the end? Uh, yeah. nice can, they, can they be on a slideshow that you just put on automatic whilst people are having coffee? Or they're not? So you, there are lots of way, creative ways around this. Don't think that because your company has mandatory slides, you have to show them at the beginning of your presentation. An excellent, an excellent thought for us to, to, to finish on there. So Can I just finish with oh, one yes, other sure, thought? Yes. I would like to encourage our listeners to think of the dentist when they think of this episode. <laughs> Thank you. And when going to the dentist next time, our listeners will hope and pray that the dentist has got a map of their teeth, not a map of teeth in general. Yeah. And I think what we're really saying is that the prospect or the customer is expecting a proposal about them and their business. They are not expecting to see or hear about a proposal in general. Because that will make them look down in the mouth. Oh, I can't top that. No, we've gone into dangerous pun, teeth pun territory. And uh, that's going to be about as much fun as having a filling at the dentist. So we will now finish. So thank you folks for listening in. Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com. Sharing tried and tested and proved ideas to make your sales success. <coughs> We'd just like to wish you good luck and good selling, folks. have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling (laughs) 